Hey, just want to take a quick break from this episode so I could tell you guys about how I just launched my new Patreon page. If you don't know about Patreon, it's a great way for people to support creators with a monthly subscription. Becoming a Patreon supporter can even come with a few perks, like early access to new episodes and getting special shoutouts on the podcast. I've recently started working part-time at my job so I can focus more time and energy on the podcast and YouTube channel. So any support would be massively appreciated, and it helps me towards my hope of making this my full-time job someday. So if you want to help support me in that, please head over to patreon.com slash hooptheory. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash hooptheory. Thank you so much for listening, and enjoy the rest of the show. Welcome to the Artist Gilmore episode of the Hoop Theory Podcast, a.k.a. episode 53. My name is Logan Wortman, and as usual, I am joined by my sporadic co-host, Jacob Roth. Jacob, how's it going? It's going good. Colorado fans, you suck. All right. Uh, One dude didn't mean to hurt Travis Hunter. It was not a clean hit, but I don't think it was a maliciously dirty hit. So the fact that you found out his address, leaked his number and his mom's number, uh, that's like a 20-year-old kid. You're garbage people. All right. Um, and they gave us some death threats. I feel like I'm the, the white knight here. I'm not a bad guy. I've You're they're bringing a whole lot of stuff yeah. at me Give that I've a, never heard of. Uh, oh, man. I should know his name. <laughs> you're making a face Henry like- Blackburn. Okay. Is the Colorado State Ram player's name. Uh, I need to move my camera. So you're sitting over on this monitor. And uh, now I'm going to... So now you're right in front of me so it doesn't look as derpy. Um, when you look, yeah. When I look at you in your eyes. Um, uh. But so like Travis Hunter, the two, like popular two-way player uh, for Colorado, was um, injured in their double overtime thriller against Colorado State. Yeah, I saw that game playing at a bar when I was door dashing. So the <laughs> that's crazy that you door dash on college football Saturday yeah. um, to me. But then he got hit. Colorado being the upstanding fan base there said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to find his mom's phone number and send death threats. Wow. To the point where D- – and I'm sure it wasn't just Colorado people. It was like people that are just there for the Dion hype. Um. But, uh, yeah, so Deion Sanders had to be like, he is a good football player that, like, I don't remember the exact quote, but Deion was like, don't send him death threats. He was so playing he, a game. He intentionally hurt him? Is that what you – That's what their delusional brain is thinking. But if you uh, want to see intentional hurt, go to the uh, uh, second half of Colorado-Nebraska in 2018 where you'll see a defensive end – Alligator death roll, Adrian Martinez's ankle. That's an intentional injury. So you people complaining, I didn't need to start the episode off like this, but I'm going to. I, I had no idea heat. this was coming. Yeah, <laughs> no, I didn't tell because it, it hit me. Because I remembered that these are Colorado people listening, which uh-huh. got a beautiful state, but uh, kind of a poverty college football program. And I'm confident saying that as a Nebraska person because I've never seen success. So I love what I got. I can handle the bad. I'm still mm-hmm. there when it's bad, still there when it's good. But with that being said, speaking of things that are bad and could be good, Damian Lillard. 
Yeah. What, some, what do you mean that it's bad? Well, like the situation team, is bad. Well, depending on which part of the situation you're in, it could be bad. Yes. Yeah. You know, true. um, but there's some new information out on Dame. Yes, there, which is there exciting. Is. And mm-hmm. he is my favorite player in the NBA. Maybe now that was it was mm-hmm. pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, so the first thing that came out was I think it was Mark Spears was like, "Hey, everyone, uh, there's a mystery team in the East that's in the Dame sweepstakes." Yeah. Uh, and so everyone's like, "Ooh, who is it?" And I thought I sent you a text, shot him a. Send it your way. I thought, you know what would be great? Because uh, I, I think it is a team in the Central Division, which is the team we're going to be covering today. That's true. And the more I think about it, the first team that I thought of, it was the Bucks Because it coincidentally lined up with after Giannis said, I'm going to go where I, where I have the best opportunity to win. Okay. It like happened right after that. So that's what made me think, oh, I wonder if it's Milwaukee. Meaning... You're not saying that Giannis would be in the trade. No, it's that Giannis would get Dame on his team. That Milwaukee yeah, what, to appease what, what Giannis. Is Milwaukee giving up to get Dame? I don't know. I just was saying things. Oh, okay. I, see. I, I don't know yet. I'm just saying like. Yeah, yeah. And also I, just because the um, Blazers picked up a phone call doesn't mean the team's actually got a chance. But I would yeah, argue that true. Milwaukee could offer just as good of a deal as Miami's crappy deal. I, I disagree. I, I don't think I just even close to anything. Miami has picks and young players. I guess the young is an important Bucks line there. Neither of those. <laughs> the Bucks have very far out picks and, and old players. Old players. Yeah. But like, so I mean, if you like, I guess I just think Miami's deal sucks. Miami cannot offer the proper amount for Damian Lillard. Yeah, like it's I, not very I would. Good. They're like. Their trade package could be for Jalen Brown. And I'd be like, that's a little bit over, but not that much over. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, that's what I'm saying is like Damian Lillard's up here, like a fringe top 10 player peep out the last, uh, that'd be episode 51. What episode 51? What what about it? Uh, did, did for a top about... 10 list. Oh, yeah, that was 51. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, go to episode 51. Give that one a look. But um, I was saying that like Dame is – a top 10 guy Hmm. and Jalen is for sure not like not even in the conversation as a top 10 guy. Yeah. And the fact that the deal would be like, Oh, that's probably fair ish. Maybe a little bit overpaying for Jalen Brown. I wouldn't say overpaying. That's what I'm saying. How bad the Miami deal would Mm -hmm. be for Portland straight up without getting a third team involved in all this craziness. Yeah, I need to pause my music. Shout out to Martina McBride. Um, She's playing music while you've been talking this whole time. Yeah, it's just playing in the background. Uh, yeah, Independence Day from Martina McBride was what got me a little distracted. But um, <laughs> for those that don't know that song, it's a great one. Uh, and Trisha Yearwood's X's and O's is also a good one. But that's not the point here today. Uh, I just got fired up about this uh, whole Damien thing, Damien, Damien, Damien Lillard thing. Uh, just because I was like. It's not as the bad Bulls? as that one time I called uh, Kevin Durant Kevin on one of our episodes. <laughs> I just I just heard that clip a, a little while ago. But like, is there a team that's not the Detroit Pistons in the Central that like it wouldn't be interesting for them to go for Dame? Like the Bulls, they don't really well, have that. But like, they, they could build something for Dame. 
they pay- could, but it's like, what what are they going to do once they get him? You know, the Bulls are like probably the worst case because Dame just gives them more of what they have. Like they're just yeah. trading. Like, oh, and they probably would have to give up at least some of their core. Like, is Zach mm-hmm. Levine to get no. him? Yeah. Um, but my thing is the one that one that interested me the most was the Pacers. Okay. Because the Pacers have the young assets. Mm-hmm. They have the capital. Mm-hmm. And then I just feel like Halliburton Dame would be fun. It would be a pretty interesting backcourt. Yeah. Whether it would work to the point where it would it would make the Pacers better for sure. But Damian Lillard walking into – is there a single franchise where he would walk in the door and they wouldn't just be better? Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, like yeah. just a I dramatic increase. Like, maybe uh, Golden State because they already have a good point guard problem. Mm-hmm. Like, they have, like, a decent amount of pretty good point guards. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that, that's, like, the only – I guess, like, OKC has too many ball handlers, so it might, like, take – anyway, that's not the thing we're discussing. It just was – they said a mystery East team. So I feel like it's a team that we haven't heard brought up yet. So I don't think it's like a Boston. Uh, I don't think it was a, a Philly because these are teams that we had heard through their hat in the ring and were like, we're good. Mm. We're gotcha. not going to help Miami in a three-way deal either because screw that. Yeah. Why would we make Miami better uh-huh. when we'll have to deal with them in the playoffs? Exactly. Uh, so I was like the Central is just a bunch of teams that are one move away outside of the Bucks, who are already pretty much there. Yeah. But the reason I thought Bucks was because, not that they could offer a better deal, I guess, now that I'm really thinking about it, you're right. All of their guys are old, and their picks are in the million-year future. Yeah. But, like, it came just a coincidental, like, week after Giannis had the interview. It was like, well, I'm just going to have to go where I can win. I want to make memories, and I want to win championships. <laughs> and wherever best enables me to do that is where I'll go. And I feel yeah. like if you're the front office of Milwaukee, whatever alarm bell you have, ring it with all of the gumption you have. That is very true. That that would be a mightily concerning thing uh, for Bucks fans to hear, I'm sure. No, and it for sure should be. Uh, yeah. And we'll do a deeper dive on every team as this is the central episode, if mm-hmm. people didn't remember that from when Logan said it a good nine minutes ago. I've just been kind of yelling at you for nine minutes. Yeah, uh, I don't even think I've said that so far in our episode, that it's the Central Division episode. I don't think I said I think I just kind of did the intro and then – I just started rambling and yeah. gambling. Well, it is the Central Division episode because we I'm did the Atlantic. Sure I said, how's it going, Jacob? And you said, screw you, Colorado fans. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's how that's how we went from there. Well, I, I feel like – it's it's a it's how I feel, mm-hmm. uh, but the, and then the other thing that made me love Damian Miller just a little bit more before we get like the actual insight and dive into it is the greatest quote in the history of quotes. Mm-hmm. Damian Lillard would rather quote lose every year than play for the Warriors. Yeah, mm. and I, I need to find the. But he was like, I respect what they've been doing over the last eight or nine years or whatever. I'm from there. Obviously, that's home. But I can't go be a part of that. They won four titles. What would what would I look like going to try to do that? Uh, mm-hmm. I'll never do anything. I'd lose every year before I go. Yeah. Shout out to Damian Makes Lillard sense. for the it's basketball. Kind of from a very different cloth than Kevin Durant. The, one might say the opposite. 
Yeah. Cotton. Like the <laughs> like if one is like Egyptian cotton, he's made out of like Russian Teflon. Like just just polar opposite. Wow. You know your cloths. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh some jargon thrown at me right there. Yeah, Teflon's pretty much just plastic. Okay. But it's technically So you were going like low quality versus high quality? Yeah. Well, Damien Lillard is obviously Egyptian cotton in the two situations. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. They're just, they're (laughs) definitely different, different cloths. That's for sure. No, I'm not saying one's better than the other, but I will. Okay. (laughs) Fair enough. Um, But yeah, so Damien Lillard, uh, a potential East suitor. Like, yeah, I'm not sure who it is to be honest. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if it is one of those teams like the Celtics. Like a Boston or or a Philly. Yeah, because mystery, I guess. I mean, it could just be the only reason they're saying that is because they're not revealing who it is. And like they're back into talks now, you know, when they they left, they changed their mind before or that, you know, they they decided, hey, I I don't want that. I'm good. But now they've changed their mind. Well, and that's very much what Mark Spears made it sound like. If you look at the video that we'll probably have some on. Sorry. Probably the Sixers, because if you think about it, which one, which is one of those situations would have had something change enough, you know, for them to change their mind. I'd say the Sixers being here with James Harden, the longer and longer that goes on, like I'm sure that that might be something that Daryl Morey's like, hmm, maybe maybe I do pick up the phone and just see if they, you know, what we they're can thinking. get something done. Yeah. Another team that I've seen is the Raptors. But for Dame, I don't think that's what he wants. Why not? Are they a They'd better? Be like, con- are they okay? Are how much better of a like how big of a step up does Dame's chances at winning a championship take? Leave, and I guess it's hard because like Portland's planning on him being gone. Like yeah. they they were like we've drafted your replacement already, mm-hmm. and he's like waiting in the wings, ready to go. Uh, give us three years and he'll be at like the same planet maybe as you. He probably won't ever be you, but it'll be like enough, you know? Yeah. Uh, I just, how much better, how big of a jump up is that? I wouldn't. Okay. So I, I'll say that I'm not going to say that there's no way they'd be any worse. Like, you know, but I think that it, the Toronto, Toronto with building around Damian Lillard, I feel like has a better shot, has better pieces to build around Lillard with than Portland ever has had. Because the thing with with Portland, their struggle was always building a defense around Dame. Dame. And that is already there in Toronto. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so like all of the like the think about the best teammates that Dame has ever had in Portland. CJ McCollum, not a defensive no. positive. Yusuf Nurkic at his best was pretty good defensively defensive. in the paint. But ever since then, he's been neutral like, best. Neutral at best, yes. And in a lot of contexts, you can you can put him in the pick and roll, kind of abuse him if you have you know a good pick and roll ball handler because he's just big and lumbering and very injury riddled. Um, well, Marcus so, Aldrich. Yeah, and that was kind of before Dame was even fully Dame yet. Before he was truly Dame, yeah. Yeah, and he's he's all right defensively, but you know nothing to write home about, I guess. Um, yeah, so it's just – and they – I mean, Jeremy Grant was, I think, one of the first pieces that they brought in that's been like a good piece to put mm-hmm. alongside it. But the thing is, 
Toronto has a bunch of Jeremy Grants Just on the defensive end. Five of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it would be a pretty – and I think also Damon Pirtle pick and roll would be something – I think it would be better than the uh, Damon uh, Nurkic. Wow, I just messed up his name. Nurkic pick and roll. Um, honestly, I think that has potential to be a little bit better. Because you could um, do like Spicy P – are you thinking Picks. of a trade? Yeah. Because okay. you need, and money makes it hard, but like Auto yeah. Porter and Spicy P plus like picks. Um, I think Spicy P stays if Dame's coming. I think. Okay. So do they go like OG? Yeah, OG would probably be the piece to So move. then you need to throw in another like decent money piece. Like who else is making okay money Gary on the roster? Gary Trent. Um, Pirtle is also making good money, but I'd, Scotty Barnes isn't making good money, but he could like alleviate oh, some stuff. And he, yeah, he would be a good, good. Uh, if if the Blazers wouldn't bite on OG, they might bite on Scotty. Uh, yeah, no, that's I guess that's an interesting. The, the more you talk about it, because like even if like you just be like, oh, we're gonna take the Raptors and take out Fred Van Vliet and just drop in Damian Lillard. I'd be like, well, that's a Beautiful. pretty good basketball team. <laughs> <laughs> it is, honestly. Uh, Not yeah. saying they'd be favorites in the East, but they'd be a very good team. It would be, Im- I would say, immediately into the Milwaukee, uh, at least uh, six Boston, Boston, yeah, that realm. Like that, they're a, avoiding the bubble play in most mm-hmm. likely. And if they do, it's just because the East is very top heavy, and the top heaviness of the East is craziness. Yeah. Um, probably above Cleveland in my books, but uh, yeah, probably. that would be interesting. It'd be close. A yeah. lot of exciting things to think about. So, and it, it's the mystery thing that I was like the mystery team in the East. Uh, and but you also could be correct because like listening to uh, it was Mark Spears, Mark J Spears. I don't know if he cares about the J. I feel like yeah. it's everywhere I see it, so he probably does. Uh, <laughs> but. Uh, he made it sound like he's like uh, – let me find him. The Blazers have been talking to several teams. I'm kind of hearing rumors about another Eastern Conference team that I'm not going to throw out there just yet mm. is, is the quote from him. It's another Eastern team. Eastern Conference team that he's not going to throw out there just yet. And so what were you saying about that sounds like the – it might be the Sixers or, or Celtics? I said I don't think it is because he says oh, like don't okay opposite. I okay. do not personally think it's one of the teams that we've heard throw their hat in the ring. That's why yeah. my brain immediately went Central Division mm. because there are a lot of teams that I think are a move or two away to being like much outside of the Pistons, obviously. Yeah, but like Bulls shuffle some things around. I feel like are close to that tier. Pacers could be a really interesting thing if they move some stuff around. And is there a more Rick Carlisle player out there than Damian Lillard in the NBA right now? I don't know what you mean by that, I guess. Just like a, a dude that loves ball. Wow, okay. Maybe. I feel like that's a Rick Carlisle guy. It's just a dude that just just loves ball. Yeah, I think Tyrese Halliburton is a super Rick Carlisle guy, honestly. And he already has him, yeah. Maybe yeah. he's like trying to collect them all like an infinity gauntlet. Yeah, if he had them both, I, I don't hate that backcourt. I just think that Dame would probably have to adjust a little bit because Dame, like you know, we we, don't, we haven't really mentioned him and the guys that we bring up for like the heliocentric thing, but Dame is pretty close to that 
Um, I think it's because everybody assumes he could adapt. I think that's like why he doesn't ever get brought up in that conversation because he for sure is. Like if you look at like where's all Portland's success been, it's when Dame is doing everything points-wise for them. But I feel like it's because there's been times where like he doesn't just do everything. They're not good when he does it. But like when he when he had to kind of share the backcourt with CJ a little bit, yeah, yeah. I guess. But at the same time, it's kind of like it's like you know how Dame and Steph are always compared to each other. Like that's like the main comparison Dame always gets. It's like oh, he's like a little bit worse Steph. Like Dame is like a very like they're both six three six two guards that can shoot super super well and handle the ball. You know they play the same position. But like the thing we went into a couple episodes ago when we talked about Steph, how active he is off ball, like all that, everything that makes Steph, Steph, Dame does not do any of that. Not even close. Yeah. He's Dame, more like the James Harden comparison we brought up. Exactly. And he's also like, I would say that there's things that Dame is better at than Steph. Like it went in the clutch, just the way that if you put the ball in Dame's hands, he like, just finds he, a way. Yeah, and he like gets he just makes shots. He 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 wills his team to victory in some ways. Steph, like the thing is, I I think I've said this before on a podcast. It was way before. I think it was before hoop theory was even a thing. But Shout I the next man up. Yeah, but I said that um, like Dame might get you in a better situations. Like when it's in a crunch time scenario, you you might rather have Dame on your team than Steph. But the thing is, if you have Steph on your team instead of Dame, you'll be. And you wouldn't even be in crunch time scenarios in those games that you need Dame for. Because I think the only time we've seen Steph really go like crunch time Dame mode, I guess if you want to call it that, is against the Celtics, unfortunately. When yeah. he was like the only one that was just going that's bananas. True. Yeah, that's and that, a playoff and moment. part of it's because he like, not to talk about Steph again because we talked about him for a good chunk of time. Yeah, but he are he like just does that. He's like, oh, I got Clay Thompson to pass it off to. I feel like that's pretty like sure. Oh, he's wide open. That's going in sixty percent of the time for a lot of their finals runs. Oh, KD showed up. One of the most lethal scores in the history of humankind. Yeah. Oh, and I can dish it off to him. Oh, uh, Draymond Green. Not that to mention one yeah. year when he just say- was insane. Not to mention Draymond this entire time with the Warriors has been close to, if not always, been their like uh, primary ball handler. Like he handles the ball even as much or if not more than Steph does. Just because they do so much of that like top of the key action with him just kind of like sitting there doing things. Because as good as Steph is on ball, he's even he's harder to guard when he doesn't have the ball in his hands. And then we have a guy Draymond has an insane basketball IQ. That's what makes him be like not great at anything, but really good at everything. Like the only thing I would say that he is great at is defense. And mm. that's because of his IQ. It's not a freak athlete, not going to jump out of the gym, not going to outrun you. He's got crazy you. long arms though. He's got some physical advantages that make him special, but. But you have like, yes, he's an NBA player. He, he, but he's even like special in that regard, which yeah. is, don't want to disrespect the man um, even more yeah. than I already have. Like, I feel like people, I've been when he came onto the scene, people called him undersized for a four a lot. Now he is oversized for a four, not necessarily height wise, but like what he lacks in height, he makes up with with his his wingspan is like seven, three. I want to say something like that. Oh, wow. I never like, realized that it was that dramatic. Yeah, he has very, very long arms and he is pretty quick with like 
bouncing. He's he's kind of like a pogo stick uh, shot blocker type of thing, you know. Uh, he has good timing and stuff like that. So especially like 2016 range when he was at his peak. When he was just athletically. A, a menace, just a yeah. menace. This went down a rabbit hole. Uh, but that's that's what people come here for. I think. Yeah, it's just the crazy rabbit holes. I think that was a good open. Honestly, yeah, it was a strong, long open. Yeah, uh, pretty pretty lengthy in time. But uh, I don't even see the time. Oh, you it's don't. Just, it's it's down just at the bottom. Twenty four eleven. Twenty four twelve. Twenty four thirteen. I found it. I found it. I found it. All right. Well, uh, without further ado, we can get started here, jumping into the Central Division, given our over under picks. Uh, for those that don't know, didn't listen to last week last week's episode, um, we went over the Atlantic Division in that one, which was the Brooklyn Nets, the Boston Celtics, the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, the Toronto Raptors, as we just talked about them a little bit, and the New York Knicks. And this week we have the Chicago Bulls, the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Detroit Pistons, Indiana Pacers, and the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, and so we're going to go through these teams we're going to look at their over-under line. Both Jacob and I are going to give our own over-under picks. Um, and we are allowed one lock and one stay away per division. So a lock makes the selection worth three points as opposed to just one. So if you get it right, you get three points. If you get it wrong, you lose three points. And a stay away just makes it worth nothing. It's just like eliminating a question from a test. So, yeah, I think that's the basis of these rules. Pretty simple to follow. We will give a watchability, sto- watchability score for each team. I'll give mm-hmm. mine. Logan will give his. And we will give a probably what the general public's is because, like, mine for the Celtics is 10. But the average person probably doesn't want to watch the Celtics. I think I gave them an 8-9 early season to see how the Chris Tapps things works. And then it drops to, like, a 7-1 like a probably for mm-hmm. most people. I think you said 7-5, but uh, yes. Yeah, that's the gist of it. E, we'll have 15 minutes to talk about each team. And with that being said, Logan, are you ready to start talking about the Central Division kicking off with the Chicago Bulls? Yes, I am ready. Um, so looking at what they did last year, they got 40 and 42. Uh, they were in my ceiling floor range that I did last year for all these teams. Uh, my ceiling was 50 wins. My floor was 34. For my reasonable prediction, I'm, I had them at 43. So they were just a couple games off of that, three games. And so, yeah, so this year their over-under line is pretty understandable. It's pretty good. It's at 37 and a half. So, you know, they need 38 wins to go over. And I I feel like that's definitely something that could happen. But I don't feel great about the Bulls being a better team than they were last year heading into this season just because with they're without Lonzo Ball once again and the rest of the East I think is and the rest of the league in general I think is getting more competitive step up showing that we are primed for expansion Adam Mm -hmm. look at me Adam I know you listen (laughs) the league is primed for expansion don't wait for LeBron to retire so he can be a part owner of the team in Vegas just do it yeah I think it I honestly 2026 seems like a great year to, to roll out the new teams. Is that the year that they're planning on? I have no idea. I just picked a year. Okay. I looked I can... at my calendar and said 2023. I said, okay. They get the ball rolling, get all the branding shenanigans through, and I, send it. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that it's about like the next three or four years that they're planning on. Well, they should happening. pull the trigger now because the league is so saturated with talent 
The only thing that scares me a little bit about this is going to keep getting more saturated, though. So and I was going to say the only thing that like, are we only saturated because we are in like a three year window of two eras smacking into each other? The Luca, like the I I think the the game is becoming so much more global that there's just so much more talent coming in. More people to just play ball at a high level. Yeah. In our top ten list, like four or five of them were international players as opposed to just. U.S. guys, which would not yeah. have been the case even 10 years ago. Ten, 10 years ago, the best guy to ever come out of Europe by far, not even close, was, was Dirk. Dirk Nowitzki. And now we have a couple, like, you know, Giannis, uh, Joel our, from Africa, but still. Um, one, Nikola Jokic. Two. All three of those guys four. are arguably higher than Dirk all time. Joel's probably lower. But the other two are probably over. Like, and this is just in the past 10 years that these guys showed up. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah. Luca, Leeds, I didn't even mention Luca. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was going through the top 10. I'm like, I think it's five of the top 10 were, or because the bottom of the top 10 got sh- shaky. Like, episode 51. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, yeah. So the Bulls, the thing that, like, 37 and a half. Yep. They just need a big jump from someone that's younger, and I just don't know if they were going to get it. Patrick like, Williams would be the guy. Offense, yeah, like he'll turn into like a consistent offensive thing, or just stay on the court. That would help. Yeah, I think that would a lot. Be the big thing. Um, or they gave him money, Kobe White. I don't think so. But like, if if he can turn into a thirteen minutes. Whatever they have him play, he'll probably play more than that. Probably, long yeah, he'll, play he'll, he'll probably play more than that. But like, if he can get him eight points a game and like four, like just be a legitimate runner of their second unit. Yeah, I guess I should have looked at what he averaged. I can't imagine yeah, I it's eight say, points I, a game. It's probably more than that. Kobe White. I just think he's, he's not terrible. that bad. I shouldn't, but he's not. But he averaged my, ten points per game last season. He averaged thirteen the year before that. Yeah, there's 15 the year before that, but that that's when they're more of a bad team. That's crazy to me because I just in my brain I just can't get out of the thing where he like looked. Yeah. Wait, it looked what? He looked like he fell asleep during that draft interview where he's talking. Oh, where there. he's freaking out about Cam Johnson. The, yeah. Wow. He, he looked like he just woke up. Yeah, he does look like that. Which is fine. That's just how some people look. I look fat all the time, but um, it's just. <laughs> I just don't think that. Uh, I mean, they yeah, just need a, on, they on his career a, so far, twelve point six points per game. On let's look at this three point percentage, thirty seven percent, forty two percent from the field could be better. So that's where um, he needs to make a leap, become yeah. more efficient. Eighty five percent from the free throw line. How have I thought he was a bad basketball player? Obviously, I don't know. I, sorry, he, I don't. I don't know your game, Kobe. Kobe. Kobe I mean, he's a bucket. He's not – he's kind of like – he's got a maybe a little bit of a D'Angelo Russell or um, – Just a, just an aggressive great value version of that? No, I mean like he's got the same problem that that type of player has. Oh, like a yeah. J.R. Smith-ish kind of like, you know, like a no, bucket a getter but might yeah. have blinders on type of thing. Mm-hmm. A Jalen Brown <laughs> yeah. to a certain extent. Jalen Brown is probably not the – yeah, I'll say it. He's probably the best version of that of in that. our current NBA because he's uh, got because, a lot else to his game, yeah. Yeah. Than just uh, getting buckets, but <laughs> um yeah. 
Kobe White might be a little bit like that. He's, I mean, his main comparison coming into the league was Jamal Murray. Um, and I think that maybe he could, he could regain, like get on track to become something more of that. I think that the thing he needs to improve for sure is the playmaking side of his game, because that is where Jamal has taken leaps and bounds ever since he came into the league, came into the league. Uh, Jamal's like a very, very good passer. Um, I mean, he's the first player ever to average 20 and 10, 20 points and 10 assists um, at least and over the entire final series, which is insane that that's the first time that happened. But yeah, it feels like that would have been a thing that is. Yeah, that seems wild. Like mm-hmm. Rondo in 08 didn't pull Wait, that actually, off? Actually, I think he was the third person now that I'm saying that. I think it was Magic and Jordan. Jordan was randomly one person that did 20 it. 20 points would be a lot for Rondo now that I like think about yeah. that. Yeah. I'll, I'll look that up later. <laughs> but Steve Nash I, in his finals run ever did that? He never went to the finals. Oh, they always lost in the Western Conference finals. To the Lakers and the Spurs. Yeah, they had a rough. Yeah, they had a rough uh, path to the finals every single year. Well, I feel like there's like think how different. Remove two players, LeBron and Michael Jordan. How wild NBA like history would look for the a Suns, especially. No, for no, the I Suns. I mean, LeBron hasn't really affected the Suns that much, but no, but like Jordan okay. did. But like if you Jordan did, but then you talk about like okay, Rockets probably regarded as a way better franchise. Suns not this like oh you're so close, not like the Buffalo Bills of the Celtics. Honestly, would have look a lot better if LeBron wasn't there to yeah. slow stuff down. Pistons uh, and would Jordan have been, too. How, how many championships do you think the Pistons would have won? Do, is Isaiah Thomas Michael Jordan? Yeah, <laughs> like in not obviously in like the things that Michael, but like. In the way that people people forget that they like, but uh, the Bulls overtaking the Pistons was not the Pistons on a downward trajectory. The Pistons were arguably still on their upward trajectory when the Bulls passed them. Like and they were they, they were caught not them old. again. Yeah, the Pistons caught them again at the end. Not the same unit of Pistons, but the Pistons like Kahu. the bull like the, when the Bulls got not bad again, but like after Jordan the, left, you mean? Yeah, the Pistons got, were good. Like, oh, they never like got in early thousands. I got you. Yeah, yeah but I, with I was as far as like the players dude, that were there. I was working on my car and I got a line here. <laughs> I keep seeing it. Looks like I got an extra fat crease. <laughs> well, um, anyways, we were talking about the bulls. I guess we kind of got back to the bulls accidentally. Oh yeah, um, we totally went wild on this one. Oh, we only got six minutes left. Yeah, so 38 uh, or 37 and a half. I'm going to go a slight under. I don't feel great about it, but that is going to be my pick just because I feel like I'm going to go over on some other teams here, and I don't feel great about going over on every team in a single division. So uh, what about you, Jacob? I am going to also go the under. Okay. Because I I just remember when they they were like a team I was excited to go see. Like we were trying to plan a double weekend to watch. Like I think it was Sixers and Bulls both playing one weekend in Denver. And it was going to be like a long weekend. It was going to be a fun thing because the Bulls were going to be a fun team to watch. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they never really turned into that fun team. They just had injuries. And that's honestly still what they're dealing with is they're not going to have Lonzo Ball. Uh, Patrick Williams staying healthy could be the difference between this team hitting the over or the under. Um They've got like obviously they got Alex Crusoe still. Uh, uh, who else is there? They got uh, Tory Craig, mm-hmm. which Tory Craig is a recent addition. 
which is an okay ad. It's going um, to help out with their, you know, big wing defense. Uh, and then uh, Javon Carter, Andre Drummond. Mm-hmm. They've, they've got like pieces, but I just don't think it's enough. And it feels weird to say they'll only win 37 games, but 37 games still makes you like, oh, you're the 10th seed and you're playing for a playoff Yeah, they'll, spot. they'll probably be around the same spot they were last year, uh, honestly. Yes, but I think it's just the rising tide of the top half of the East and, and the, the West. The bottom of the East, I think, I guess is the, the bottom big feeders aren't going to be as as bottom as yeah. they I were mean, last ma- year. The Magic, the the Pistons, healthy Cade, healthy Lamelo in in Charlotte. Like, I don't know if that's going to do anything, but it's still like something. Like, it's like it's they're a step over where they were. They might yeah. not change the meter, but a healthy Tyrese Halliburton in Indiana. Like, all of their over underlines are com- going up. So s- somebody's going to have to lose like more games. Who's above and, them? You know, and it's it just could how be that the works. Bulls very easily so yeah i also am going under on this one this one uh don't feel great about really a lot of these but this will be my under yeah agreed anything right. else uh in regard to the chicago bulls i don't think so i think we're watchability good. score oh yeah watchability watchability score for this team two years ago when this experiment started probably would have given them like a eight two now mm. <sighs> heck no uh, DeMar DeRozan is still a very fun basketball player to watch. Yeah. Uh, him alone probably gives them a whole 0. 0.7 uh, boost. So I'm going to give him like a like a 6-1. Oh, that's higher than I was going to give him. Uh, what's your watchability score? I was going to give him 5-9. Five, five, so oh, okay. We're, we're in the same ballpark. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like it's that's usually pretty close. You, I, I feel like you're more cynical than I am with, with the watchability uh, scores. That's it, true. Yeah. We had a whole debate about it a while ago. Um, uh-huh. But then the uh, – I feel like that's probably pretty average. I feel like we're not giving them like – some teams we give them like way more juice than the public. Like the public last year probably didn't like watching the Thunder all that much. They're like, okay, they're fine. They mm. didn't like stay up every night to watch them. Yeah, yeah. The like, public as in just like general people, not necessarily yes. like basketball fans. Yeah, just, just like – yeah, where basketball is your people's like second, third sport, and they're just like, I'm just here because it's nothing else is really on at the moment. After, yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, um, but yeah, that's where I gave the watchability scores. Ooh, we could add a new wrinkle: best Chicago Bulls jersey. Ooh, um, I like the the rookie Michael Jordan ones, the ones with the cursive Chicago, uh, where he's doing you know the cradle dunk, and I'm the red. It's oh. like red with the black lettering. Yeah. I think it's black. Either black or white lettering. I think pinstripe bulls is it. I, I was going to say pinstripe, pinstripe black. Yeah. Black ones Pin, with the red, red stripes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like those ones. And that's good. And that puts us in right in a good time to move on to the next alphabetical team in the Central Division, mm-hmm. the Cleveland Cavaliers. Correct. So their record last year was 51 and 31. Uh, for those who don't know, I'm a big Cavs guy. That's been my team for uh, the last couple of years, ever since they got Evan Mobley in the draft. Um, and their over-underlined heading into that season was 27 and a half wins. And I was laughing at that. Um, and I told I told the whole world that they were going to go well above that line and that if I, I had to make an over-underline for them, it would be more up like at like 34, 35 and a half, something like that. They ended up winning over 40 games that season. I think it was 45 games. Um, And then the next season, which was last year, they won 51 uh, after they got Donovan Mitchell, which is a key detail there. 
Um, and now they're running back this same group with potentially a more healthy uh, bench point guard in Ricky Rubio, the man, the myth, the legend. To be big. Um, added some shooting on the Which wings. Which is what they needed dramatically. Mm-hmm. With uh, Max Struess and George Niang. So, you know, if they want to go more defensive route, they have Isaac Okoro in there. And if he's being passable with his catch-and-shoot three-point shot from the corner, then he can survive out there. But if he's not, then you always have the safety blanket of putting in Struess or Niang. And they can just catch the ball, shoot it. That's all they need to do. Um, Karis LeVert is – I. I would prefer this team honestly if, he's, if he wasn't there. Back. <laughs> he is, yeah. Are, um, my notes where I was just scouring through a bunch of other things. It says uh, he's quote decided to stop my professional activity to take care of his mental health. Oh, he did. He didn't go to FIBA for that reason. I don't know if and that. Okay, that's why. I, okay. I didn't even think about that for the NBA season. That's interesting to think about. I guess I I didn't even think about that. Huh. Well, uh, so maybe we won't see Ricky Rubio, at least to start the year. Who knows? I'm not sure. I mean, training camp starting here in a couple Shortly, weeks. Because the yeah. season's just about three weeks away for pre- preseason, sorry. Oh, for preseason. preseason starts, yeah, yeah, yeah. Preseason's like early October. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like three weeks ago. Three, um, three weeks away. Yeah, Tristan Thompson is back in town. Um, big, big needle mover. Yeah, Dean Wade. The, the best D-Wade in NBA history. Amani <laughs> uh, uh, Bates is a two-way signing for them as an undrafted – or not undrafted. I think they got him with the 53rd pick. 49th. 49th, something like that. Um, but yeah, so that, that'll be – I mean that's definitely like a high upside swing in the draft there. And he definitely is the same size of that, that three spot that they need to put on their wing to fill out. Cause I mean, if once they get a, like a bonafide, I wouldn't say bonafide, but a definitely like surefire starter level player at the three position, they'll have the best starting lineup in the NBA. I feel like with Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell as the backcourt, and then whoever that three is at the three and then Evan Mobley and Jared Allen at the four and five. It's a very, very solid starting lineup. It um, already is with the question marks at the three spot. Yeah. So to, mm-hmm. so to be like, oh, now it's going to be OG on an OB. OG. I don't know how they get OG, but um, like I Jay see Crowder's, how they. Yeah. He's not. He's not Jay a, Crowder. Yeah. I just. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but not now because we will. Maybe we'll see Jay Crowder back and we'll talk about him uh, in a couple teams as maybe he's in true. the central division. Uh, but 50. What was the line again? It was 50 and a half. 50 and a half. I feel like this is a team, and I'm sorry as your Cavaliers lover, um, that might be a victim of the rising East. That's fair. Miami, I think, will be better, like record-wise. Depending. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Even Because I feel like their record was lackluster last year, and somewhere in between their record of – 40-something, 42, 43. Last year, they, I think they – weren't they below 500? I thought they were just above. Maybe I they thought they, Maybe they won they, 42. Um, if it yes. wasn't 42, I, I think it was probably below. Maybe but 40, like, 43 at the most. But. I could see the – okay, let's say, but let's say the Heat only get like three more games. Yeah. That's – those losses have to come from somewhere. Yeah. 
The Knicks, I feel like, could sneak a few more wins from where they were at last year. Maybe not. They, they had a pretty good season last year. Um, like, there's just a lot of teams that I feel like the Hornets get a couple more wins if Lamelo's back. Just a lot of these teams are rising slightly, and the losses have to come somewhere. So maybe Cleveland is where they come from. I don't know. Uh, but 50 is just – It's a hefty amount. It's a, it's a good line, but it's a hefty line, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So – with that being said, looking – am I going to be a crazy person? I think I think I'm going to lock the under. Okay. I That might that's, be delu- – uh, I, don't, I don't think that's delusional. 50 is just a big number. Or 51 I, they have to get. That's yeah. a big number. It is. It definitely is. See, I don't I, blame I, you for that. Um, I'm going to lean over, but I'm not going to lock it. Um, um, so our standings thus far, uh, through, I guess only two teams, I took the bulls. I can't even remember what I did. I think I took the under. Yeah. We both took under, both took under. I lock under for Cavs. Logan goes over, but no lock mm-hmm. for those playing at home. Yeah. Uh, also, yep. uh, comment below if you're watching this on YouTube or just let us know, uh, whether you think our lines are crazy, uh, or what you're feeling. Just let us know. We'd love mm-hmm. to know. And while you're looking down there trying to find the comments, check a look at the description. Click on the links. They're usually like a blue color. And when you click on them, they turn darker blue or purple. Uh, and it'll take you to patreon.com forward slash hoop theory or buy me a coffee and buy Logan. Probably not coffees, more V8 energies. Yeah. Not a sponsor. Mm, not yet. So, Logan, you went slight over. What push? So you think they went 50? Let's say slight over means 51. You feel like, okay, I probably made 51. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think low fifties would probably. What, be- what happens for them to win fifty-one games? Um, I think honestly, just having a similar season to last year, but with better a better rotation around what they had, which is, you know, like instead of having Jetty Osman, whose strength is not shooting, mm-hmm. uh, Karis Levert, whose strength is not shooting, um, those guys in there at the three spot, Isaac Curl, whose strength is definitely not shooting. Yeah. Um, the, all the three of those guys like cobbling to cobbling their minutes together at the three spot. Now they Offensive have consistency, like as a unit, not individual guys, but as a yeah. unit. And I know people might be like raising their eyebrows at like, well, why does that one spot matter so much? It's because the way that defenses play them a lot, of, like it became such an issue with, especially in the playoffs, the way the Knicks were playing them, because it it was like they were keying into every action in a way that was like forcing the ball to go to that, that guy in the corner. And it was like, we're that's Building what the defense is. That's what like the defense is sheep. giving up. Yep. Yeah. And uh, so if that's what defenses are going to do to you and continue to give up that look for your offense, you need somebody in there that can make the defense pay. And, and that is they what went found two they of got. Them. Mm-hmm. They went and found two of them. The only other thing that worries me and why also I leaned under, they won a lot of close games against the top teams. And you can't, like guarantee that every year like they beat the celtics in overtime twice i think they beat the sixers in a really close one last year like they had a lot of those really close teams against the top end of the east mm-hmm. and maybe you like let's say if you do it again i'm glad i'm wrong you earned it yeah um, i also think the celtics might might have taken a slight step down maybe from where they were last year maybe a little one maybe a uh, half a one 
Well, and I then, talked about this last episode. I feel like the regular season Celtics will be a better team than the postseason Celtics. They sacrificed postseason losing Marcus Smart for regular season looking better. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That might Which be I true. don't love. I don't like that at all. Uh, mm-hmm. Just don't. But we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe just because as yeah. seasons wear on, people with fr- fragile bodies tend to start to break down. And the Celtics are collecting them like they're Pokemon cards. Yeah, just trying true. to find as many. Just he could be healthy, but we're not sure. Like yeah. the only Iron Man I feel like we have left is Jason Tatum. That's true, and Jalen a little bit. But like and even Jalen gets hurt kind of a lot, honestly. But his are never big, like gone for like huge. But yes, it's I don't. It's it's, it seems like it's always around the playoffs when Jalen gets something. Yeah. Whether yeah. it's a, a random cut on his hand. Yeah. Or elbowed in the Bang eye. Elbow. Yeah. <laughs> it's always weird stuff, too. It's never like, ah, tweak my pectoral. <laughs> that's a weird one, too, I guess. That, that's a Jalen Brown type of injuries. I, I, I just tweaked my pectoral, landed it on a weird. Yeah. Uh, maybe it'll be his left one so he can still stroke it. But yeah, but uh, anyways, the, with the Cavs though, I think also something that might get them a little bit more more wins um, is Darius Garland taking another step up. As I think one of my, I don't even think he's definitely probably my second favorite. I know I just used a lot of other words in there that meant mm-hmm. maybe, but <laughs> um, he's my second favorite young point guard in the NBA behind Tyrese Halliburton. Um, well, I think that Mobley's another guy that could take a step like that too. Exactly. Like so. I feel like, and I'm not going to change. Maybe I dropped a lock. Nah. Are you sure? I'll take the L. I'll take uh, the L. <laughs> if I if I get handed the L by the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, and Donovan Mitchell, I'll get handed the L. I don't think it's a bad bad play, honestly, to do the lock on the ender. I Just 51 is a lot of wins. Exactly. That's why I don't think it's that bad. I'm, but I, I lean slight over because I could definitely see it going either way. And I'm a, I'm a Cavs guy. I got to ride with my guys, you know? No, you have always been high on this Cavs orientation. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, ga- I'm glad to see that Vegas finally respects them and is giving yeah. them lines. That, so that's nice. But, yeah, I think we're good on the Cavs now, right? Watchability and uh, watchability. favorite jersey. You're remembering that this time. Uh, I may or may not have notes where I wrote it in size 24 font as opposed nice. to size 12 uh, below no. every team. <laughs> nice. Uh, because uh, I did a uh, – uh, you know, I'm going to say it. I did a piss poor job in the in the Atlanta Atlantic Conference one. So – conference. I mean I did too. But but, but we, I just did a poor job and it was Jacob's watchability score. Yeah, pomegranate <laughs> blueberry. And now we're, we're bringing it here. Uh, squeaky Strawberry chair. banana. Oh, I hate strawberries. Fun fact of the day for you. You hate like uh, the flavor of strawberries? Oh, I hate strawberries. I don't like strawberries like the the I like the actual food because I don't like the texture, but I like the I think it's cuz when I was a kid, I uh smuggled a bunch of uh medicine that was candy, and when my mom found a bunch of wrappers, was wrappers was rightfully so worried. Uh yeah. and they were strawberry flavored, so I feel like my brain has this like that is death. Uh it's trauma. It's, I also didn't eat a bunch of them at once. If anybody's wondering, that's why I'm so dumb. Like it makes sense. I didn't eat them all at once. <laughs> I had like one or two at a time or something. Yeah. Like I didn't, I didn't get gorge on them. I like mm. had them pretty much like it was like a one or two candy at a time deal. Mm. 
so I did not overdose on children's Tylenol, if that's even possible. Well, but, we're glad to to hear that, and we're glad to have you here today, honestly. <laughs> but maybe that's why I hate strawberries. So there's a fun fact uh, blast in the past. But watchability score for the Cleveland Cavaliers for me. Logan, you want to you start this one off because I started yeah, off. Yeah, sure. Uh, for the Cleveland Cavaliers, watchability ranking for Logan Joshua Wortman. I just oh, gave wow. my middle name for the first time, I think. Is it one but, of your social, too? What? <laughs> Your social security number oh. <laughs> too. Um, but I think my watchability score will be 9.7, 9.7 for the Cleveland Cavaliers. It would be the second highest team in the league. In the NBA. Yep. Um, spoilers, probably going to guess the Nuggets is his highest. Everyone, mine, not as bold as a 9.7. Quite a bit lower. Uh, not super lower. They're still a good team. Still have things that are fun to watch, but they're not – if five's the average – I'm giving these guys a 7-4. That's fair. Uh, That's fair. Still and good. The, and the average human watchability, Donovan Mitchell scores points like it's his job because it is. And Darius Garland is like it's so pretty. The, Just he, a plays, sauce, he plays basketball A sauce pretty. master. Yeah. Um, I feel like my score is probably close to the national average. Yeah, probably. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, not, no, that's no, a not safe a, bet. <laughs> um, not like closer, but just mine is close-ish. Yeah. And then favorite Cleveland Cavaliers jersey. Are we going to go of all time? Ooh. I didn't really think about that. Or I, uh, I, Mine's I, a weird one. I kind of like the the LeBron Cavs ones were pretty oh, good. Yeah. I was already um, going to say the same one as me. Okay. But I, I think right now, though, I like, like some of theirs. Like I like the um, – What's that? Like they're honestly like they're literal just home and away. Normal jerseys right now are kind of dope. Yeah, I think it's their like because they have like a red maroon, but then they have like a really dark maroon with, with gold lettering. Yeah, the gold uh, lettering ones are the awesome. dark maroon gold lettering. Mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of like my second place, uh, even though it is just a brutal attack on the eyes. Um, is there uh, like blue and orange ones? Blue and orange. Oh, like, the like old, old like ones. The old, okay, like the yeah, the uh, Larry Nance legend. Larry Nance, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, those are fun, but they also just look like Knicks jerseys. Yeah. Um, no, I think those are cool. There's actually some pretty fun old Cavs jerseys, like the Shaq Cavs, like the 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 first run of LeBron Cavs jerseys. Those are fun. With like mm-hmm. the red side, and then it goes like gold, blue, red, gold, blue, red along in this like ugly pattern. Yeah, um, I, I found just found the name of them, but the the uh, blue earned jerseys. You should look that up. Blue earn like yeah. dead person holder. Earned? No earned like e a r n e d. The Cavs blue earned jerseys. I like those ones. Well, I've seen like them wear them this, a few this, times. This lightning. Uh no. Like white? Yeah, the white ones. Okay, yeah, those are clean. There's one that is orange and blue in the exact same like de- oh. pattern design. Oh gotcha. Uh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I like those ones. They're frosty. Yeah, blue urn. Frosty's a great word for those. Yeah. Frosty. Have they worn them in a game before? Yeah, they have. I've I've seen them a couple times. Oh wow. Actually, sleeping on it. Let me make sure this is the jersey I'm thinking of. Fair enough. The Cavs Christmas. That's it for me. 
the Cavs, like, it's the maroon with the gold Christmas lettering when every team had the cursive. That's my uh, favorite one. That's like my all-time Celtic. Not all-time. It's a, it's, I'm a big fan of that is. Celtics one. Uh, big fan of the Warriors one. It's just Cavs Christmas 2017. Oh, you like those? Okay. <laughs> I think they're okay. I don't hate them. All right. I don't, I don't think they're the best Christmas jerseys of, like, no. any team. I don't either. I just like them because yeah. I like that they use a darker maroon. I like the dark maroon as That's opposed fair. to the lighter maroon. That's fair. Very pro-dark maroon here. <laughs> this is this is a, you're taking a strong stance. Yeah, I'll take, I'll, I'll take as strong a stance as you want me to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, moving on because our timer was going off, but I felt like that was good quality jersey talk. Yeah, uh, We're going to move on a team where it should not be a debate on the best jerseys. If you think differently, you don't know ball. Uh, Detroit Pistons are up mm-hmm. next. Uh, do we just want to open with jerseys, or yeah, do we want to keep green. for the end as a surprise? The, oh, the it's teal green. Yeah, it's it's the uh, uh, oh my goodness, forgot his or name. See his face. A- He's got big ears. His name's Grant. Grant I think. Hill. Grant Hill. <laughs> <laughs> Man, my brain was broken. I saw his face right right in my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Grant Hill uh, teal Pistons jerseys with the yeah. the horse rearing its head back in the flames. The way I'm describing it, it sounds like a child designed it, but it's awesome. Yeah, no, they're, they're pretty good. I like them. Um, I also like the DE, like they're ones they have right now, the black ones that say DET on them with the blue and the red stripe. Those I'm are so sorry, Grant Hill. Dang. <laughs> I just yeah. put that man on blast. Just big ears. They're not even that big. He's just bald. So it kind of <laughs> accentuates them. Yeah, the, uh, general manager for Team USA for FIBA. Man, and, I'm sorry, and, Grant Hill. But uh, no, yeah, those are definitely the best jerseys they of Pistons. I'm kind of debating what's second right now. With I, I like the the black ones right now with the DET, and I also like the actual green ones that they have now. That say Detroit with the with the oh, yeah. three stars so over the D. Their city edition for 2023. Yeah, 2022, last year probably. or year before. Yeah. Uh, well, there's Cade Cunningham's one, so it was last year. Just so kidding. He's been here for two years. I'm, two years. I'm done. This is third year. Yeah. Um. I don't. I. I like those. What's Detroit City flag? Oh, I have no idea. Detroit City flag. N- wow, that is atrocious. Oh yeah. I am it's, sorry, it's people like, from Detroit. It's this not is, Maryland level gross, but it's it's close. so much. So in the top left, it's like the top left corner of the United States flag with. Uh, one, two. Let me do the math. Yeah. Is it 13? 13 stars. Then you've got the bottom right is like diagonal stripes. Top right looks like it's like an English house with like three little like griffin lion things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the bottom left is five Florida Lees, like it's France. And then it's two women T-posing <laughs> with a city on fire behind them. <laughs> I'm not making this up. And it says the city of Detroit. Yeah. Um, do you see that city on fire in the back left? Yeah, I know. I do. I do. That is it's pretty wild. That's crazy. But anyways, um, <laughs> so moving on to the actual uh, talk that we have for them today, we got there. So they what they ended up on for the season last year for season wins, they got seventeen, seventeen sixty five. So a pretty terrible record. One of the Didn't few have teams. Paid. Yeah, that yeah, he was out basically the whole season. 
Um, and so, the, but they were one of the few teams that didn't end up in my season of floor range at all. My floor for them was 23 wins. Uh, reasonable prediction was 32 ceiling is 40, but yeah, it was, it had to do with Cade being gone. But so Cade being there this season though, with their line being at 28 and a half, I feel like that's a pretty good line, but at the same time, I, I don't know. I just feel like Cade being there, I feel better about this one than I did last year about this this season's team because you know, and during the summer we've seen, we've heard at least some talks of of Cade taking a, a leap up uh, during his time rehabbing, and uh, you know, Team USA actually used him on the select team to scrimmage against the uh, FIBA team, the team that went and represented FIBA or represented the U.S. in the FIBA World Cup. Got and fourth, I think. Got fourth. Should have got third at least, but we did not. Um, but anyways, yeah, so the they used Cade Cunningham basically to simulate playing against Luka Doncic with Slovenia because they do have somewhat similar skill sets. You know, Cade isn't as like as like to the same level as Luka at all, but at least in assimilation of what Luka can do with the basketball. I feel like if they were like, hey, Cade, do your best Luka impression, it would be closer than you and me could get. Uh, yes, for <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But yeah, so Cade though, I, I like I like how they're using, they're building around him in Detroit versus how Dallas built around Luka this whole time and Trey in, in Atlanta. Um, although now with Trey, they did get another ball handler in DeJounte Murray, but at this point it's a little like he's, they're both kind of established Luca and Trey. That is as like the whole team revolves around me. Kate has not had that happen yet. He, you know, he's not, he's not stuck in that yet. He's, they've used him off ball quite a lot. They've put the ball in his hands a decent amount too. They mix it up. Uh, they have Jaden Ivy on the team. They have Killian Hayes on the team. They have Alec Burks, Bojan Bogdanovic. Jaden um, Ivy, James Wiseman, Thompson mm-hmm. twin. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I think- Sar Thompson. Uh, yeah, Sar Thompson. Yeah. So they have some ball handlers and they have some, they have a, a honestly a good number of pick and roll mates with Cade, too, which I love. But they got James Wiseman. They got Jalen Duran. They've got Isaiah Stewart. I'm doing this without looking at the ro- roster, by the way. Please uh, give me some names if I'm completely missing them. But. Um, the ones that I've got written down, you haven't missed one. Joe Harris is there. I can't remember. Oh, Joe him. Harris. Yeah. See, that's Not another guy. Not pick and roll. Yeah, or really ball handler that much either. But he's he's somebody that can maybe he's got a big enough frame. He could probably try. I don't know. Set, set some screens. Yeah, but he's definitely yeah. somebody that will be um, on the wing ancillary to the pick and roll action. That you know, if defense we'll shades option. over to help, then he's he's right there on the wing. Um, so any and he's a good movement shooter as well. So him relocating off the ball can make your offense just a lot more dangerous. And Cade is a very very talented passer. Can find that uh, set of hands to catch the ball and shoot that three. Um, <laughs> I didn't like that either. Uh, for those of you that that didn't like uh, the way that sounded, but oh, I don't, um, I don't mind it. That was pretty good. <laughs> what I was thinking though is, isn't it fun how many like instead of having a bunch of like Kobe and like Michael Jordan clones. Now we have like a bunch of these like weird point guard passing elite people just coming I out of the that. woodworks. It may, well, it's because it makes everyone look better. That's why we're so prime for expansion. We're just waiting for, because there's so many guys that elevate the level of play, not because they're insane, but because they're a good passer 
and you're like, oh, that doesn't seem like a pass that can happen, but they can do it. Mm-hmm. And so it makes a guy that's like, I'm a pretty okay shooter. But when you get great looks every time because your facilitator is elite, we just there's so many good young elite facilitators. Yeah, um, I agree. This is something that it really intrigues me and could be an entire podcast episode, honestly. But uh, J. Cal Mann, he has this theory that I think is really awesome, really intriguing at least, that about how the America, like the, the youth of America, the culture, basketball culture in America the past like several decades, ever since Michael Jordan really became like hero ball. Like the way that Americans grow up and view basketball is like I – got to put the team on my back and Mm -hmm. dominate, you know, that type of thing. And it became much more one-on-one oriented. Um, But in Europe, the, the big thing, especially in the Balkans that got basketball really started there and made basketball like very popular there was number one, Tony Kukoc and just, you know, his emergence onto the scene and who was Tony Kukoc's inspiration? Who did he draw from as inspiration? Magic Johnson. So mm. he was very—he was a point forward, uh, could shoot the ball. He was just very team oriented. And so then that became like that's like the culture in Europe is like, oh, to, when you play basketball, you you play like you Tony. Sh- yeah, play like Tony Kukoc. You share the ball. You like get everybody involved. And so now when we see Europe catching up to the U.S. in terms of the basketball talent coming into the league. Um, I like, I just think that it's becoming much more accepted or much more like part of the game than it was in the early two thousands In early two thousands. It was all like American influenced and all like hero ball one V one isolation. Um, but the more and more we see Europeans coming over, uh, we see people in America uh, reflecting going that way as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, so it's now just, we just kinda... have a bunch of facilitators running around. Yeah, and then you see some of the top end European players, like as they're playing in the, the NBA more, like leaning into hero ball. Not yeah. all of them, but like Luke is an example of like I think he's even more like everything revolves around him than he even was in the Euro League. Yeah, but the so he's he's different than everything. So like with Jordan, Jordan isn't necessarily like a heliocentric everything revolves around me player. He's, he's just more, a murderer. He's like an isolation. Like mm-hmm. Luca isn't Luca's really good in isolation, but he's he's like high screen and roll. Like so, the, like the the team he uses the the other pieces on the team, but as opposed to just get away. But the thing I'm is, doing this. The thing is, he has the ball, like for from the very like he has the ball all the way up the court, and it's and the decision comes down to either he's scoring or he's passing off for somebody to immediately score, that type of thing. Yeah, so that's different than like. The, the, the Michael Jordan, and, and yeah, it's yeah. different both directions. Like yeah. it, it's more t- team oriented than like Kobe and Jordan, because that's why like Luca gets over ten assists per game, because um, mm-hmm. he is a very good facilitator. But and but he he spams pick and roll every every play. Yeah. Um, if Jokic spammed pick and roll every play, we'd see him score a lot more points and get honestly even more assists than he he already does. Um, that's just kind of how that works. But but Luka didn't make the playoffs and Jokic was the finals MVP. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I don't remember how we got on that. Oh, yeah, because the uh, Cade. Cade is a young facilitator. 
but yeah, so I like the way that the Detroit Pistons are building around Cade, mixing in some other ball handlers so he doesn't develop in this way that he can only play on ball. So that, that's the issue with Luka. It's not necessarily that the ball is always in his, in his hands. It's that when the ball is not, not in his hands, then he's not serving the offense. He's just standing out at half court. Watching not four dudes play basketball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or nine guys, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, 28 and a half. 28 and a half. So they have to hit 29 wins to hit the over. I'm going to honestly, just because I don't have a, I don't have a team in this, in this um, uh, division that I feel good about a lock on. And we have to use, I, I feel like we have to use our locks. No, I locks guess I didn't establish. Yeah. Lock and we got to use every division. Got to use your lock and stay away. So, um, I'm going to put my lock on the Detroit Pistons over, which definitely could oh. maybe come back to haunt me. But oh. I, I just feel like mathematically this is the best bet I have here because it's the lowest line. You know what yeah. I mean? And so I'm, I'm just like 29 wins is not that much, you know, but they are the Pistons. So maybe not. But I I've, I've, would not be surprised if the Pistons won 38, 39 games this year. Would you? I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be like. <gasps> yeah, I'd be like, wow, that's a good story for the Detroit. Look at them. Only thing that I guess the, it's good that we've heard in the off season because wasn't uh, cutting Cade's like cutting him surgery jersey surgery and injury. I've got tabs open that are jerseys because sometimes yeah, I had like it wasn't a wrist or something. It was like shin. I thought. Oh, I thought shin. It was like a, it may, yeah, a it might have weird, been. bizarre thing. I'm going to look it up to make sure before I start sp- spitting fa- false yeah. information. Yeah, he had season-ending um, surgery. I know that. Um, so it was shin. Yeah. Okay. And so, are you saying that you have concerns about how he's going to hold up? I just think that's a – it's not as bad as like breaking your leg and never trusting your leg again. But we've heard good things about him in the – like I feel like shin is not a re-injurable thing unless somebody kicks you in the shin. Like I feel like shins oh, don't just break. Probably not, yeah. Um. So in terms of like, oh, honestly, we've spoke before on this and I felt pretty strong about the under. But I feel like – the fact that he was saucing up Team USA with his teammate, mm-hmm. Jalen Duran, uh, most improved player? Question mark. Um, Maybe. He, I mean, he was a pretty I, decent rookie, but he's he's um, just a super. He's like a Dwight Howard, honestly. He might be. Uh, I feel like I might also go over because I feel like I want to just root for more good things to happen than bad. And, like, the number of bad things that would need to happen for them to not hit 29, I feel like is either one big thing, like Cade is out again, but he's the only piece that I think is that important to them. Mm-hmm. It's him being out for, like, over half the season. Yeah, for sure. For um, sure. And there's just, But they've got a lot of depth at, like, everything else they want to do. Like, Bojan Bogdanovic is there. He mm-hmm. goes out for a couple weeks. Joe Harris can step in and do that. Not to the same level, but he can be that like off the pick and roll three point shooter, as you said that he can do. Yeah, they've got sure. guys that can, multiple guys that can do the same thing. You already brought up how they have a ton of guys that can do the pick and roll, uh, and maybe this Thompson twin rolls up and it's just like I'm better than my brother. Watch me cook a mm-hmm. a, sar, a, sar. a sar. yeah a sar. Mm-hmm. Okay, I I'm 
It's Amen and Asar. Amen and Asar. And you were close. You were close. You said it the way oh, that most people oh, say it. Oh, I, I could read. I was close. Um, what? It's, I, I, mean, I can read. Could have said amen like you did that one time. But yeah. So uh, you're but yeah, anyway. I, I've, so yeah, I feel good about this. Actually, I'm going to take over. Not going to lock it um, because my locks already booked in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm going to go with an over. So I said, right. Over. I thought you just said under. I meant over. I'm going to go oh, over. Okay. But I'm, I meant over. I'm not going to lock it. You kind of convinced me. And the more and more I think about it, if Cade has taken this step, if like he has the depth around them, if guys kind of get hurt every once in a while, they've got the pieces around him. Got a new coach. Big deal. Yeah. They, uh, they took Monty an entire, Williams. they took an entire bank. It said, Monty Williams, you own this bank now. Yep. Congrats. They gave him the most most money in um, NBA history for a coach. Which is just wild to think that, like, why doesn't anybody else get that? Not that Monty Williams is a bad yeah, coach. They don't, have a, they don't have a salary cap for coaches, by the way. Yeah, I just feel like it's just crazy to me that, like, why isn't Eric Spolster making that money? Yeah, I don't know why he's not making $78.5 million over six years. Okay. That's what Monty uh, Williams is getting What paid. is it, a year? A, thir- a little over 13. So, like, more than an average player. Uh, would you rather have Monty Williams or Eric Spolstra? Monty Williams, $13 million a year. Eric Spolstra, $8.5 million. Yeah, but, okay. Yes, if you look at it that way – Definitely, it's going to be Eric Spolstra. But like the thing is, Detroit is is saying we want to be good right now. Here's a good coach. Let's overpay the hell out of him so he we can get him to come to our team. You know what I mean? Like the, Monty Williams probably isn't going to just to choosing to sign to Detroit. You know, also in a vacuum. Eric Spolstra heading almost into a, a contract year. Does he ever leave? I feel like he doesn't. I highly doubt that. I don't know. Like, why I feel he, like they just like extend him. Oh yeah, I mean he's he's uh, Pat Riley's son basically. <laughs> he's his prodigy. And as long as Jimmy Butler's there, he won't play for another dude in Miami. He'll be like, I retire. No, you probably won't. He's Jimmy Butler. He just yeah. would be like, he'd say Miami. I'm, I think as I'm, long as Pat Riley's a part of that organization, they're still the Miami Heat. You know, they're that's yeah, that's an un, like this is gonna that's an underrated like pillar of in basketball importance. Pat Riley. He's yeah. never a name that gets brought up with like the insane importance uh, for basketball wise, but he should be. And uh, that will wrap up the Detroit Pistons uh, group talking about Pat Riley. But before that, you guessed it, watchability scores. My watchability score for the Detroit Pistons comes in at a whopping 3-8. Okay. I was going to exciting. They got I'm, exciting pieces. But yeah, I'm going to go 6-7. I'm saying 82 games, game in and game out. I'm not – I'm not catching them all. Uh, we also had this debate before. Let us know in the comments if you're on YouTube. Can anywhere else leave comments? I think there's some podcast platforms oh, that can. TikTok. If this is my, that probably won't be a, it a might TikTok be. clip. Depends. Um, be sure to let us know. Would you prefer that we take each season having a one to ten scale? Or so as like a, there's a, there's a every season there is a team a that one. would be a one. There's a team that you don't like. That you're actively like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna skip no matter what other team is on. Or like, should ones be reserved for the seven and 
the seven win Charlotte Bobcats. Like that type of bad. Should you make it a, a, a forever every year scale or should it be a like this year only? Let us yeah. know. Uh, so mine lower, yours higher. Where do you think the national people will come in on the Detroit Pistons? Probably more like a four or five. So yeah, probably. Slightly below average. Seems weird. It's weird that I'm lower on them than the national people. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's lower than four or five. I guess it is. I mean, they're young, but I, I don't know. To me, if you like basketball at all, like a young team that's got a lot of young players is usually like the more fun teams to watch. To me, at least. Um, I just feel like there's other young teams I'd rather watch. That's fair. There's probably a, there might be a couple. I like I like Detroit a lot. Um, um, yeah. And with that being said, we are digging into the Pacers' time, so let's get right to it. We already did the jersey talk at the beginning. It's uh, teals. Yeah, it's oh, the yeah, teal Detroit. Yep, teal throwback Grant Hill. Uh, up next, we've got the Indiana Pacers. Logan, they how won. do you feel about the Indiana Pacers? <laughs> I, I let's let's uh i'll look at how they did last year first and that was 35 and 47 um so they were second team in a row but again i i'm pretty sure there's not many i haven't gone through all of them i don't think there's very many that have not that were not in my ceiling to floor range from last year but uh indiana pacers were one of them they won more than i had them at because i was not expecting the rapid emergence of tyrese halberton to blossom into a full-blown superstar, not superstar, but full-blown like, star star for a team. Um, was not expecting that to happen as, as fast as it did, at least. And um, also, I thought that they were going to be tanking their behinds off for the French um, Victor Wenbanyama. I don't know why I just included that he is French, but I did. Um, I was trying to think of a clever little phrase, but nothing came to mind they didn't wave the white flag and get with twimanyama <laughs> all right uh, <laughs> but uh, sorry if we have any listeners in first, there's no I, way i don't think we do I, I haven't seen that at least come up on the the stats i've seen few in like dublin and singapore and like things like that but not dublin France the yet. land of my people yeah mm-hmm. in ireland cool yeah not many but like somebody but, has listened to the show in Dublin before a couple times. I would. That's awesome. That yeah. actually makes me very happy. That's the land <laughs> of my people. Yeah, I'm like aggressively Irish. Aggressively like, Irish. Uh, well, okay. I'm in the Midwest, and so everybody's German, Irish, or Polish. That's about it. We don't really go. Much I am past all that. three of those. Those are literally the three that I am. Uh, or French. There's some French because German yeah. France border. They touch each other if you didn't know. Yep. Um, there's Czech. I, I just disparaged a huge portion of the United States and the Midwest area of it. Uh, I worded that terribly. Let's just cut this out. Thanks for being a listener. Wait, what did you word poorly? I'm confused. Uh, I said like the United States Midwest portion. Ah. Uh. Just like a, just a really dumb way to say that. Oh, that's um, fine. Uh, <laughs> just the U.S. region. Just yeah. call it the Midwest because everybody that's uh, at least in the United States would know what the Midwest is. You know. Yeah. There is debate uh, over that I've seen recently, but I. Oh, that could be an episode. We could. We could. Talk. That Dak- could be a. What, like, I'll leave it at this. Dakotas are definitely in the Midwest. People yes, who leave them out are. Colorado isn't. Oh, I didn't. I've never seen that. People putting uh, Colorado. No, people say Colorado's the Midwest. Like the, let me rephrase. If the in a perfect <clears throat> world, my Midwest is flat parts of Wyoming, Colorado. I'll take those. I don't want Ohio. 
send Ohio to the moon. Don't yeah. give me Ohio. I also disagree with people that have to put entire states into the regions. Like it doesn't have to – like Missouri can be divided north or like well, Midwest and Missouri's south. in like three things. Yeah, It's exactly. like part of it is like the south. Part of it is like – Midwest. Midwest. And then there's like a corner of it that's like Oklahoma, Plains. Oh, I'm talking about oh, just like the oh, people, up, the personalities. Up. Rust Belt. Wouldn't that be like like the Great Lakes region? Is I'm stupid. Saying? Yeah, I'm stupid. But they like – there, I just feel like not geographically, geopolitically. No, the way people act. Yeah, geopolitically, probably. Uh, it's like <laughs> Missouri's like eight Culture. places. It culturally, Missouri is so many things at once. Yeah, at least at the very least, they're very massively two. Like with aggressively south Midwest and, and aggressively South. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I said South twice. Because you said Midwest when we were talking no, over each other. No, you, you did. You got. You got. You said Midwest and South. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna honestly. Uh, I'm gonna give the Pacers a reset, and we'll like just try to cut a little earlier because we were uh, like five minutes into the Pacers and we talked about them for about a minute. That, that's that's okay. I, we we don't need to spend too much time on the Pacers, honestly. And I don't, I don't want to jip any Pacers fans. Um, what is the line at? Their line is 38 and a half. So <sighs> they need to win 39 to go over. I'm gonna lean the slight over here. Um. I do like Tyrese Halliburton. I like Ben Matherin. I like uh, Andrew Nemhard. Uh, they just got a pretty decent team there. Um, they and, have a and, very solid top. Yeah, little. They're on pace to win more than this before Tyrese got hurt last season. And I, think, I have twenty three and eighteen written down before he got hurt. Oh, really? So I don't know. That's even better than I thought. That's crazy. They're a winning team. Yeah. So wow. through 41 games, 46 wins is what they were on pace for. Yeah, holy cow. Very, very good. That could be wrong because I didn't like multi check that, but that's mm. from one of the stories I read, that was what they had. No, yeah. I mean, I believe it. Um, it's just crazy, honestly. But I think that they could definitely hit the over. Um, so I'm going to go slight over. Don't feel great about it, like I've said a million times now, but – um, I do lean the over. Uh, they also got Bruce Brown, and if Bruce he Br- can be yeah, forgot to mention my used co- correctly, uh, I don't think that he will look as good as he was in the Nuggets offense. Because that'd be hard. Um, but if any team was going to do it, I feel like the Pacers could because they have a a similar stratosphered facilitator in Tyrese Halliburton. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting. But you've got Bruce Brown, Halliburton, Miles Turner, Buddy Heald. That's a pretty respectable top core of guys. I, uh, and then yeah, you've for got sure. Matherin, uh, Obi Toppin's there now. TJ McConnell. Like, uh, TJ McConnell's been there forever, I feel. Ever since kind of, Philadelphia. The Jimmy Butler Philly team, 2019, I think. Oh, so that's not near as long as I thought. Um, but yeah, so. The king of backcourt steals. I think he has like double the person in second of all time. Jose Alvarado just hasn't been here long enough. Yeah, he hasn't yet. But TJ McConnell. He's there. TJ McConnell the walked. OG. He walked so, so Alvarado, Jose Alvarado could, could run. run. <laughs> um, I think I'm, I'm not go even kidding. Over. I think I think McConnell has a game where he had nine steals. I'm not lying. You should look that up. What is all time? What is to. career record? Career high in steals? I think it's like nine. Um. Yeah, career. Uh, I think he had like one where it was like five or six and a half. 
10 steals. He had a 10 steal. Okay. Against the Cavs in 2021. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that game, like most of them were in one of the half or one quarter, maybe. It was like so, so rapid that he he kept stealing the ball in the backcourt. It was ridiculous. But uh, yeah, anyways. Stat Muse is making you sign up and pay now? Oh, uh, the world is just becoming a less fun place to live in. Granted, not everybody wants to look at TJ McConnell's best steal games in like order. I it just would like it put it put random like locks over some of the numbers, yeah. like just like a like a little lock square. Um, dang, that's a bummer, man. That should be just a human right, a basic human right to to but, view TJ McConnell's stats. But honestly, if Stat Muse asked for like, hey, we're running into hard times, I would donate because of the service they provide to the human race. Yeah, they are pretty good. But now that they're making me do it, I'm just a little bitter. Yeah. Uh, but get your bag, Stat Muse. You could be the sponsor of what is up next, which is the watchability score. But you're not. Because mm-hmm. uh, you don't have any of, money. I think they do. Because I'm sure people, maybe <laughs> they don't. I don't know. Um, they just need more profit. So I took over. I don't know if I said that. I'm pretty sure I did. Um, watchability score for the Pacers. Going to give them a 6-7. Seven, uh, seven. That's pretty fair. I was going to go 6-9. Slightly above the, the Pistons. Um, but yeah. So nationally, probably like a three, eight. Yeah. Something like that. Like pretty low. I feel (laughs) like people don't really care um, about the Pacers, which it's a bummer. Um, They've got one of the greatest basketball players in the front office. So yeah. Larry, what is his middle name? What is Larry Bird's middle name? Uh, Legend. Are you dumb? (laughs) Oh, that's true. Larry legend. (laughs) Larry legend. It Um, should be. Imagine if he would have paid someone to fix his mom's driveway. How yeah, long how, do you think the Celtics dynasties last? Well, yeah, I mean they they would have not they, the Pistons wouldn't have overtaken them yet, and then in turn the Bulls wouldn't have t- maybe I don't know. And then there's also obviously never mind. I'm going to stop there. If he just would not have had somebody work on his mom's driveway, if he would have had rather, um, yeah. But that will do it for them. Uh, best Indiana Pacers jersey. I think I'm going to have to go back to the tried and true pinstripe, the choking Reggie Miller, dark blue pinstripe. That might be yeah. it for me. Those are pretty good. I like Without their, looking. Yeah. I like some of the ones they have now. Um, I like the gray ones, honestly. Pacers gray. Ooh. Um, yeah. I'm just going to leave it at that. I, I, I don't know if I – I might be able to find a better one, but – for time's sake, going to move on. Also, by the way, Larry Bird's middle name is Joe, and his no, it's not. It's legend. Also, the choking it, Reggie Miller that wasn't a pinstripe jersey. I thought it was this whole time. Oh, was it not? It's just like the one where they have the dark blue, and it says Indiana. Oh, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, I um, thought it was pinstripe. That's what I saw in my head too. Larry Bird's also his birthday is uh, Pearl Harbor Day. Oh. Of 1956, so fifteen years, ten after. years, like twelve years after, right? What wait, year was? What year did you say? Fifty-six. Probably was forty-one. Oh, so oh, it was December 1941. Yeah. Oh, for some reason I thought it was like mid mid forties. What? When was the end of World War Two? Forty-eight. It wasn't at the end of World War Two. Wasn't Pearl Harbor? No. The U.S. fought a whole war after. 
No, they did one little. They didn't. No, I. There's no way. Pearl Harbor was like towards the end. No way. No, Pearl Harbor was the reason they entered the war. You're right. I was like, are you crazy, brother man? No, you're right. The you're one right. little thing they did. What's the one thing? Uh, Normandy, the Battle of the Bulge, the entire like <laughs> Pacific Theater. <laughs> Uh, yeah. No, it was it was definitely at the beginning. They joined at the tail end of World War One, like that was the one that they jumped in at the end, and they didn't really jump in at the end. It was like a, it was a weird deal. The U.S. joining World War One, but World War Two was a pretty decisive. Ended in forty-five. Really? Yeah, that's when they call the end. I'm dumb. September second, nineteen forty-five. What happened in forty-eight? Why did I think it was so late? Uh, I'm pretty sure. Hitler died in 45. Yeah, so that would be a good a good end. I'm just dumb. But I know that Japan – I mean there's people in Japan uh, still like in the Pacific Islands that thought this, the war was still going on over 10 years after it was over. So by the time Larry Bird came into this world, um, there were, there were J- Japanese soldiers hiding out on islands in the Pacific still thinking that the war was still going. Ah, Fun the United fact. Nations – or the – sorry, the World Health Organization was founded in 1948. That's what I – I mixed up my dates. Uh, <laughs> I didn't um, know that. It yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> okay. But anyway, so moving on to the Milwaukee Bucks. So last year they won 58 games. Um, my ceiling for them last year was 64. Um, reasonable prediction, 54. And their floor was 46. So they're pretty well within that range. They're a little on the high end. But their over underline for this season is fifty three and a half wins, and a great line. I think it is a great line, and that is the reason why I'm using my stay away here. Um, and if folks are listening at home, I also have my stay away, and I will not touch the Milwaukee Bucks with a thirty six foot pole. Fair enough. Going to stay clear of the Milwaukee Bucks because there's a world. I don't think it's a very there's not like there's it's not a huge chance, but with Giannis's kind of grumblings we've been hearing. Yeah, and as we talked about at Chris, the beginning, if Chris Middleton doesn't get isn't feeling healthy, yeah, back to he can't come back the same. Self. If Drew Holiday's age starts to show a little bit because he's kind of a, he's same starting to show Brooke. age a little bit. Uh, Brooke Lopez, uh, biggest pickup of the offseason, Robin Lopez. <laughs> I feel like there is um, a lot of things. Also, don't have Boonholzer anymore, which makes their regular season viability maybe lower because that's the one thing that he does is he takes your team and goes and builds a perfect what we should do and then does that every regular season game and Mm -hmm. most of the time that just wins games but in the playoffs teams adjust that's why we've seen him struggle in the playoffs and he's not there so they might be a little bit worse adrian griffin yep and they might be a little bit worse in the regular season but they might be better in the playoffs because of it It'll be – Jerry's still out, first-time head coach, but he's been around the league for a while. Mm-hmm. It's not like a, a certain other team in the East hiring a really young guy on their staff that really hasn't been very many places at all. Um, Joe Mazzula. I'm oh, worried. okay, last the year. The more and more I sit, the just worrieder and worrieder I get. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, staying with the Bucks though, Adrian Griffin, yeah, he I think he's been in the talks for several years Multiple now. Multiple positions. I, yeah, as being the head coach in other places. But uh, finally got his first chance at doing doing that. Um, I'm wondering if Marjan Bochamp, if what we saw in that pro pro am this summer, where him him scoring 82 points, I believe, um, if, if that is going to be a needle mover. Um, pro am matters 
Peyton Pritchard is a legend. That man yes. averages like 60 points in the pro. But he is. He is a legend. So <laughs> he's an um, Oregon Duck legend for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, and then they also got Malik Beasley, who I think will be a good good player to to slide in as one of, like their fifth starter because you know just like the East team, other East team or other Central team, um, the Cavs, they have four really good starters, and, and arguably that, the Pacers too. Yeah, four good starters, and then that fifth spot is kind of flex. Um, I'd say their fifth best player is Bobby Portis, but he plays the same position as Giannis and Brook Lopez do, kind of. So he comes he in off the bench. Behind. But um, yeah, so sliding in there at the two is going to be some combination of Grayson Allen, Pat Connaughton, Malik Beasley. Um, I do see now for the first time that Drew Timmy is on their training camp roster. Oh, wow. But they already, they already have they, all three of their two-way spots filled. So I don't like know. It's like Brooke if, Lopez with no defense. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, how is he like Brooke Lopez at all? Because post moves? Is that what you – That's literally like I was okay. like – I mean he's – No, he, like his, his NBA comparison would be no one because dudes built like that don't usually – Maybe it's Luke Garza. <laughs> Luca Garza, yeah, is, is uh, kind of similar. Um, it's just guys that are uh, – I'm forgetting about the most prolific David Lee offensive animal with no defense. Ines Freedom Cantor. Ines Cantor. <laughs> yeah, that, that. it's just Ines Freedom. I think he dropped the Cantor. Yeah, for a while people were calling Cantor Freedom, but I think it's Ines Freedom now. Yeah, I thought it was Ennis. Like people were calling him Ennis Cantor Freedom. Yep, it's like, Ennis Freedom. Yeah, it's Ennis Freedom. Yeah, um, which is baller last name change. Yeah, um, a little bit below world peace, but it's still pretty good. Yeah, it is pretty uh, good. But he's the king of I've got all these offensive moves, but don't ask for anything on defense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's probably the highest that ever got level wise. Like he's probably the best. He's up there, honestly, of just like putting there's some like really short guards that have been that too. No, I'm talking about as a center. Oh, as a center. I don't okay. think there's ever been a guy that's been more just like, I am only here for offense. Boban is kind of like that. He's better defensively in some ways, but worse in others. Like Bo- Boban is that like, he's so good on offense that like when Boban gets put in into the game, the entire game becomes about Boban. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like for the short stretches that he's in, yeah, that that's that, that's why he's like a wild card. He's not regularly in rotation, but Rick Carlisle loved to pull him out of his back pocket in the playoffs sometimes, and was like, "What about this? Like, if if something the other team is doing is working, he's like, all right, stop doing that. You ha- you have to stop because now Boban is in the game, and now if, if you don't try to combat him, which is, I mean, the, the reason why he doesn't play a lot is because it's definitely realistic." to exploit his weaknesses but if teams choose not to exploit his weaknesses then he's going to destroy you <laughs> on the offensive end in the paint <laughs> so oh, man i i just sometimes wish he wasn't like the biggest liability on planet earth defensively yeah because mm-hmm. just everything like he's in a new commercial with tobias harris toby and Bobby. Mm-hmm. uh just what a fun guy yeah i just wish that he wasn't just an absolute can't can't move very well <laughs> yeah and that's the biggest thing he's just not quick enough but obviously uh, as the size when they that's run, run offense he just kind of like go. yeah so that's why rick carlo <laughs> whenever he did use him he would he would run a zone um to to hide him you, but with the the thing that's wrong with that is you're running a zone 
against um, the, an the, NBA team. Yeah, so How, like that's worked. Like I guess the Miami Heat made a really deep playoff run this year, running this weird zone thing. Yeah, that they but then they changing. ran into a team that was like, "Stop, yeah. we're an NBA team." <laughs> yeah, uh, and that was the uh, Denver Nuggets. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was man. I'm glad we could talk about Bobby in this episode. Brings me joy every time. Yeah, he was the episode muse a couple episodes ago. Hopefully, I, I wish that that would have come in there, but this this will work. A little bit delayed, but oh yeah, giving him, um, giving him his flowers. So yeah, I think we did our picks already on the Bucks, didn't we? Uh, we both yep. okay, we both stay away because it's what was left, and I'm just worried about the just so many things. Yeah, uh, there's just question marks all over the place. Vegas did a good job, though. This is a really good line. Part of the reason it's my stay away because if they would have thrown it at like a 55 and a half, like expecting, I would have gone under. I would have not even questioned it. Yeah. Um, it w- yeah, maybe. I, I still would maybe use my stay away on that. If they put it down at like 50, like 49 and a half, 50 and a half, I probably would do the over, honestly. Oh, for but, sure. Yeah. But so for it, it's, it's a, it's a good line for sure. Yeah, considering um, the two numbers we said, and it was like we're right in the middle of that. Yeah. Um, as we wrap up, final watchability score for today, Milwaukee Bucks, they're a good team. Early season because they got the new coach. It'll be interesting to see. Um, granted, if you're a good coach, you use Giannis exactly like uh, Boonholzer did because that was the optimal way to use Giannis. I'll give him early a 7-3, and I'll give him a straight 5-0. Um, because I feel like there's teams that are definitely worse than them that I would rather watch, but mm-hmm. there's teams that are better than them that I would also rather watch. But if they're on, I'll be like, yeah, this is fine. I'm watching NBA basketball. That's fair. Like I, I I'm just the definition of indifferent at a five Oh, mm-hmm. I For agree. Me. I would probably go a six, three for my watchability score for the Milwaukee bucks. And the and average Joe probably right on where you're at. I would say probably somewhere in there. And for their jerseys, I got to take the black ones. I love when Bucks wear the black jerseys. Purple. Purples, I, I feel like a little bit gimmicky. Like I, most of the time, I don't love when teams use colors that aren't a part of their like their main palette. Like I don't like it when they use their blue, their blue oh, jerseys. The, the, the one that is like literally the exact same as their greens, they just put blue on it instead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like those ones. The black ones that I like are the ones that have the antlers the on the side. Oh, no, I, if I like any of their black ones, it's the one that has the gold stripe across it with the deer just right in the middle. Oh, those, those ones are okay. I, but those and ones the, have blue on them, and I think is the reason why I don't love that. Oh. Because <laughs> they have a little blue stripe, but... Or no, um, maybe oh, I, I guess, go to... I guess the collar, the collar is blue on the ones that I said I do like. I didn't even notice that. So... No, I'm actually going to retract from my all purple. I'm going to do the one that has the deer that has purple on it. Like the Ray uh, Allen with like the deer. They're like, <laughs> like new metal, like the, the Limp Biscuit. If Limp Biscuit was a jersey, <laughs> like the angry deer looking off in the distance. Yeah. In green. And, and also they're like the, it's like the aerated holes of the, you know, when the jerseys are like very holy <laughs> to get, like, have like, that's what it's like. Yeah. Oh, uh, is man. there another Bucks jersey I'm sleeping on? Bucks. Oh, Cream Cities. The Cream Pretty Cities are underrated. I think a lot of under- people make fun of them, but I like them. Oh, okay. I'm see I'm seeing the black with the buckhorns on the side yeah. as like the side thing. Those ones are my favorites. Oh. 
man, the Bucks got some pretty – they're not as much of a plethora as some other teams out there, but they've got some okay jerseys mm-hmm. to they choose do. from. They do. Oh, my goodness. I'm actually sleeping on it. Rookie Giannis, uh, for sure. The green with the red. Oh, the red was on – I kind of like the red, No, honestly. that's it. That's it. Rookie Giannis. Oh, yeah. I'm, I kind of – that's the vibe, honestly. I think that's it for me. That's going to be it. The red being in the Bucks. I wouldn't trade it for their current um, oh, no, no, team no. branding. It's a, nice, it's a nice palette cleanser. Yeah. Throw a little nice red in there. back. Yep. For sure. <clears throat> All right. Well, that does it for the Central Division episode, uh, the Hefty. Artist Gilmore episode of the Hoop Theory podcast. Great episode to talk about. Yeah. The Central Division. Artist Gilmore, uh, a Chicago Kentucky Bulls colonel, legend. and a mm-hmm. Chicago Bulls legend. Yeah, and if Kentucky, I mean, the closest. Uh, I feel like NBA Kentucky team, would have been a central division for sure. Yeah, the closest. If one Louisville is, gets another team, they'll be in the central something. Yeah, Indianapolis is not far, so we got Indiana here. Um, they're like the the living predecessor, or not predecessor, successor, whatever the yep. post is. Predecessor uh, would most likely be dead. Pre, yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so that will be the end of the episode. Thank you guys for listening so much. Uh, We love you. We appreciate you. And stay happy. Stay healthy. We will talk to you guys next episode.